This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. A beautiful day out at Husky Stadium along the shores of Lake Washington. And for those out of town, you couldn't ask for better weather for football practice. Um, not purest weather, but the temperature is expected to be close to 80 degrees today and tomorrow. Uh, just a really, really super nice day at Husky Stadium. Fans allowed in for the scrimmage. A lot of scrimmaging today. I wouldn't call it a full scrimmage, but uh, they ran a lot of live practice. So you got a chance to see some guys that we haven't seen before. Just start off, you know, with some notable absent absentees with um, Mickey Ayu. Um Shane Bowman. No, Ryan Bowman. Ryan Bowman. <laughs> Ryan uh-huh. Bowman. Uh, ZTF uh, wasn't here, and Victor Kern was on the sidelines but not participating. Yeah, and, and then he, um, Jack Westover was, was at practice, but he was only in shorts, so he only did a certain amount of working out because it was obviously a full pads practice and scrimmage. Uh, Mason West still out. So, yeah, so they had a number of guys, but, like, for instance, with no ZTF or Bowman, you got to see a lot of guys like Braylon Trice and Jeremiah, Jeremiah Martin. Martin and especially like Cooper McDonald, um, Savelle Smalls. Um, so, you know, those were probably the, the main beneficiaries of those guys being out. So, it, you know, on the one hand, you want to see those other guys practice, but next guy's up and you get to see a lot of reps from them, and I thought they did a nice job. Yeah, and, you know, we know that, you know, uh, ZTF and um, – uh, who else walked off with the injury? Um, Pliska had the injuries yesterday, but the other guys like Mickey Ayu and Shane Bowman. Um, I wouldn't Ryan read, Bowman. God, I'm going to keep on doing that. Ryan Bowman. I wouldn't read too much into those guys not being here. You know, just like, you know, with Richard Newton, he had a couple of false positives. And like Jimmy said, there's just stuff that comes up. It doesn't necessarily mean disciplinary or injuries. It's just stuff comes up. So I wouldn't read too much well, into that. Yeah, plus they're not going to win spring. So if there is – a guy that's nicked up that could, you know, if it was a game week and they were available to play, but you know, there's no reason to put them in harm's way. So, yeah, I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna. You're at this point now where we're officially at the halfway mark, Kim. So it's at this point where it's like, okay, if there's any doubt that this guy's gonna miss a practice or two or three, you know, maybe they shut him down now. Maybe they just want to make sure that they're uh, taking all precautions so that by the summer and, and fall. They're back to 100%. And they're ready to go. Well, it's like Jimmy Lake said. I mean, they know what they're getting out of uh, Ryan Bowman. Do they really need yeah. to see anything from Ryan Bowman? Really? Yeah. Yes. No, I mean, it's. It, and I'm sure it's probably, probably not. not his. No. I doubt it was his, you know, decision to not play. Yeah. Um, especially after hearing the interview he did with Softy and Hugh Millen on KJR uh, yesterday. Um, you know, he, he sounded like a guy who was more than fired up, not just to, to get after it in spring ball, but just – to finish off his entire career the right way.
to help win a Pac-12 title, to get to the Rose Bowl, to do all those things. So it was a little surprising not to see him today, but I guarantee you it's it's not out of any lack of, of want to or uh, wanting to get out there. Fans in the stands, probably about a couple thousand people added a little bit of atmosphere, and uh, it looks like the players seem to enjoy having some people in the stands as well because yeah. it's been a while. Yeah, what I found interesting, and I asked you guys kind of around me that – because uh, Jimmy grabbed the microphone midway through the practice and toward the end and kind of was talking to the fans, telling them what was going on, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, yeah, this is a huge change because I know Chris Peterson never would have done something like that. And uh, But Jimmy wanted to wanted to give these fans something to be excited about, told them, told them hey, come out on, on uh, Wednesday, the next time we have fans in, in the stands allowed, and we're going to be doing a lot of two-minute drill, a lot of, you know, telling people what they were going to end up doing. And I think Jimmy just wants the atmosphere around this program to be as electric as it can possibly be, and, and he's trying to show, show what we've got, you know, what they've got coming out on the field every – Every week, so um, you know it's a it's a crisp run practice. It's a really crisp run pa- practice, and they get after it quite a bit. The quarterback situation again. I think the pe- uh, pecking order was established even more so today with Dylan Morris, obviously your number one quarterback. Patrick O'Brien. There's a gap between him and Patrick O'Brien, even though Patrick O'Brien had some nice throws today. There's also another gap between Patrick O'Brien and Sam Heward, who I think uh, is struggling a little bit with uh, you know the game being a little fast for him at this well, point. Well, we've seen it over the years. I mean, every gun that comes in. They're usually regressing before they get – it gets worse yeah. before it ever gets better. And, you know, I think it's good for the fans to get out there and, and, and see it because it's not just a reality check for Sam. It's a reality check for a lot of fans that see stars and they just think, oh, he's just going to be the instant starter. That's not how it works. These kids still have to learn systems. They still have to deal with the speed of the game because the speed of the game at this level is miles above what he had to do at Kennedy Catholic because at Kennedy Catholic he never got touched. Remember the first few practices, Jake Browning as a freshman? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he... No, I remember it was Keith Price. I remember Keith Price, it was the same thing. I mean, it was like every guy that comes through the program, it's the same thing. Yeah, you know, and some of the people are going to see some of the things that's being written about Sam. Sam's struggling, and they're just going to take it to the nth degree, which some just feel they have to do. But, you know, they're... I don't look at them as much as mistakes, as teaching moments, and you've got to make those mistakes in order to improve. You know, So you don't learn anything from a completed pass, but I think you learn a lot more from an interception. I was talking to somebody on the drive-in today um, about how things are going. They were asking me, their, their uh, kid goes to these, this is a parent that I got to know during the process, and they've asked me, they're, they're huge Husky fans, they love the Huskies, and they wanted to know where things were at with the quarterback competition is Sam going to start? And I, I told them straight out, you played quarterback in college, man. You knew what it was like. He hasn't taken a snap under center since peewees. And he's learning, he's learning a whole new language, learning a whole new offense. And it's not easy. You don't just come in. This is not a plug and play kind of an offense that Washington runs. And, and so no. And this guy was a little surprised, but then he said, yeah, now that I think about it, it, it is. It takes a while to get used to it. Well, the other thing, too, is is you look at the surefire number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, right? Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, we all know, he halfway through the freshman year took overtook Kelly Bryant, right? Well, it's not like he started from day one and all mm-hmm. of a sudden went nuts. Kelly Bryant was still the starter through all of spring, through all of fall, halfway through the season, and then 
that was when he made the change. So there's there's going to be a big learning curve. And we're still talking. That's the number one guy mm-hmm. in football. And, and even he had to go through some learning curves and some bumps in the road. So this is completely natural. This is nothing like he's ever experienced before. And for I, if, if there were people that legitimately thought he was just going to hit the ground running, it was just going to be smooth sailing. That that's not that's not the way it's ever been. Two weeks into college football, three weeks ago he was at Kennedy High School, but uh, you know, just taking a look at Patrick O'Brien, I think he's a capable quarterback. I think I, I think he could definitely, you know, uh, I mean, if he needed to start and play a game and the you know, first week of the season, I think he'd be fine. He certainly fits the bill of the guy that they would need. Um, not so much even in an emergency situation, but a guy who who's a calm head, who's who's been at two different big time universities, and has played a lot of football and understands the general concepts that that John, that John Donovan is trying to get across. And he and like I said, the first the first few practices, he was the only one that was really scoring touchdowns during the team periods, even more than Dylan Morris. And that's not to say that Dylan Morris all of a sudden backtracked or what you know shouldn't have been the number one guy. Dylan Morris is still a clear number one guy, but he he offers a little bit of comfort to that offensive room because he brings he brings a guy who's a first of all he's a big target. You know he's not a guy that's just going to all of a sudden if he gets hit is just going to you know cower away. He's six five two thirty five legit. I mean he is Jacob Beeson, Jacob Sermon body type. And he just he looks the part. I mean, he's just he's 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 seen the bullets fly, Kim. You know, he knows how it works. And so for to have a guy like that come into the mix when you have still two relatively young kids, because Dylan Morris is still a young kid. We gotta remember that. He still only has four college starts under his belt. This is not a guy that, that went through an entire season and and understands every everything that goes on. He's still learning a lot. But um, you know, having Patrick O'Brien is a nice kind of um, security blanket, I think, for John Donovan. Stat stuffer today. Devin Culp, I think, was uh, pretty much the player of the game with three touchdowns today. Well, he, yeah, he did a phenomenal job during the, the initial 11-on-11s and stuff. We're not talking about the, the very live period at the end. But we can get to that. But um, there's no doubt that the quarterbacks were looking at the tight ends a lot today. It was, it was Devin Culp. It was um, you know, Kate Otten to a certain extent. It was Quentin Moore to a certain extent. Um, you know, even the, the Camden Sermon, the, the, the four-string quarterback, was found Zeke Palour on a couple big plays. I think he had one of the plays of the game, plays Palour, the game, on a, yeah. a jump ball 30 yards down the field, and he comes down with it. In I don't between rem- guys. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember who the guys were defending, but it was a heck of a play. And so the, the, I thought the tight ends in general had a really, really strong day. But there's no doubt um, Devin Cope emerged as uh, a guy that I think has a chance to be a real factor this fall. You've been on Devin Culp for a long time, and he's a, he's a super athletic guy for his size, but they seem to be moving him all around. They're not just yep. lining him up on the end of the line. Yeah, and, I mean, that became obvious when he moved to more of an H-back role than just a pure tight end role, and he's been he's, he's the guy they send in motion. He's the guy they move around, try to get matchups with, and I think we're seeing his confidence level climb because he has that first chance, was it with, I think it was Eason, that threw threw it up and he was going to go to grab it and dropped it on that fourth down against Oregon. Um, And, um, and then last year he had a couple catches. um, But I think we're seeing his confidence level grow. And I think the people around him 
are becoming more confident in him. I think the game you're talking about is probably I think the Utah game. Oh, maybe. Utah game. But yeah. but 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 to go back, I'm wondering, Scott, if he's finally kind of comfortable where his body is. Because we've seen over the last couple of years, he's yo-yo quite a bit. He went from like 230, mm-hmm. 235 to like 265, and then he went back down to like 240, 245. And I'm kind of wondering if he's found the right balance yeah. where he feels he feels like he can play as fast as he needs to play because I think that's that's his game. Well, they're also lining him up in the backfield, and every time I mm-hmm. see that, I just got to go, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. He's a big dude to be putting back there yeah. in the backfield. Yep. Um, running backs, we finally got to see, you know, uh, out of the running backs with contact. It's difficult to tell running backs without the contact, and uh, we saw that today. Well, ironically, I thought the biggest contact made by a running back today – was Cameron Davis in the kickoff return where yeah. he just absolutely impaled someone and unfortunately couldn't tell who it was because they were wearing yeah. a yellow bib yeah. over the top of the number. But um, And it wasn't like they didn't take kindly to it or anything, but, man, you could hear that pop across the well, street. Well, it, it was just kind of I'm running, and he just kind of gave him that shoulder hit, you know, like, oops. Well, it was one <laughs> of those, but it was, it was like JV on Sunday in the very first practice. Yeah. It came out of nowhere because it wasn't supposed to happen. You saw the next rep. Sean McGrew mm-hmm. took the next rep, and it was just kind of normal thud, rap, whatever. It, it, I think he took advantage of a situation yeah. where it was kind of like, oh, sorry, didn't really mean to do that, but Oops, oh, yeah. by the way, I just laid you out. Yeah, I can't, the only running back that really didn't get a rep that I saw was uh, Sam Adams. Yeah, I don't, and, I don't know why uh, that was. Don't know what's going on with that, but <clears throat> sometimes. You got plenty of reps yeah, yesterday. Yeah, so I don't think it's. Anything yeah, bad. Right. I just don't think he worked into it today. Anybody jump out? Um, uh, you know, JV on Sunday had those couple runs at the goal line uh, where he powered in on the second one, um, ran, ran through a few guys. Kamari Pleasant ran through a few guys. Richard Newton had a 13-yard touchdown run where he ran through a couple tackles. I think McGrews was, like, untouched. Yeah, McGrews was untouched. So, uh, good day for the running backs overall. But, you know, nothing spectacular. I think, I think they were trying to get more passing done today and the passing game was kind of hitting this i was kind of curious what you guys think of the at, at the left guard they seem to be mixing and matching nate Kalepo and mj ale a lot more where you're seeing nate running with the ones and you're seeing mj running with the twos a little bit mm-hmm. i'm kind of wondering if, if that's um if they're just trying to get turns with different guys or if there's a legitimate competition going on there above and beyond what the coaches would well, normally tell you about competition. Well, the biggest struggle that MJ Ali had has been in pass protection. Right. And if he's not able to handle the pass protection side of things, if they take maybe just a small step back with Kalepo as a run on the run game, but take a huge step as far as pass game, like the blocking, then maybe you go with him. I think I personally think they just want to get Nick Kleppel more reps against the ones, see how he handles things. You, you have to have – Scott Huff wants to have eight or nine guys that he can plug in basically at any time and never feel never Well, it's feel interesting because it, it, worried it, about that. If, for people that haven't come to the practices before and they don't see this 11-11 where they're going back-to-back, well, what's been interesting is if with no Vic Kern, they've had uh, Mateo Mele as the number one right tackle – well, you mean Rosengarten? Well, no, had been running with the ones. No, but he went to he went to. Well, yeah, he could run with the number three right tackle mm-hmm. and then or number one right tackle and then go to the number three left tackle yeah. because they were on the same yeah. side of the field. So I thought that was really good for for Rosengarten to get those kind of reps. But today, but today it was melee at the right tackle well, and then um, with the ones with yeah. the ones and then I who was behind Rosengarten him? was the right tackle. 
Yeah. And with I the twos. Was, yeah, and I have to And then with the threes, he moved back over to the left. It could side. also yeah. be a little bit of a signal that, yeah, you're not locked in as the starter. There's competition, and, you know, it could be a little bit of a motivational thing as well. It could be, but I, you know, they're also, you know, Huff wants to move guys around. We've seen it every spring from him. He's going to put guys in different positions, get a lot of turns out there. And now that they're doubling up their reps, I think that's why uh, Coach Lake said that Scott Huff was such a big proponent of doing it that way. Fans did not get a chance to see that today, though, the back-to-back. No, they, didn't. they didn't. see because they were using the whole field most of the time. Right. The team lost Leatu Latu, but uh, it's not like they're lacking on the pass rush. Uh, highlighted today by uh, Savelle Smalls kind of steamrolling Dylan Morris when he shouldn't have. Yeah, getting got thrown sa- off the field. Yeah, thrown yeah. off the field. Well, that's, that's, that, yeah, that's a quick way. That's a quick, yeah. a quick way to get the hook. There, there's no shortage of pass rushers, and Jeremiah Martin, I thought, had a good day today. Yeah. He did. He did. He he uh, fl- very early in the practice. He flushed Dylan Morris to D- Morris's left and um, chased him out of bounds uh, for a very short gain. I don't even know if he gained yards on it. Um, yeah, he showed a lot of quickness and everything. And you remember we were sitting with Deontay Cooper in the stands, and he sees Jeremiah Martin walking over to the sidelines. He's like, "Who is that?" Yeah. And and we were like, "That's Jeremiah Martin." And yeah. and. Uh, if, if Deontay Cooper is saying that, that means he's an impressive-looking kid. Yeah, and just no Ryan Bowman today, uh, no, uh, no ZTF today, but I thought the pass rush was definitely there. They put a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks. So. Well, they did in, in that kind of red zone lockout session at the very, very end. Um, you saw situations where even guys like MJ Tavisi were getting in and were doing some things. So they were bringing heat. Mm-hmm. Um, they were trying every which way. But, again, it started out that first series with Savelle just basically inhaling Dylan Morris. And um, you could tell right away, Jimmy Lake was not having that at all. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that people need to understand. When we say live, it's always with the understanding that the quarterbacks can never be touched. So what if he just said, Coach, I just had to hit somebody. Yeah, well. He's not the quarterback. Again, well, it's not the only there's, time. I mean, there were a couple. 90 other guys out here. Yeah, there were a hit. couple other times, too. Like, uh, I think it, I want to say it was Julius Irvin that got called for Unsportsmanlike, where it was like he kicked, he, I don't know, he did something with the ball, and the ball just went like 20, 30 yards. And all of a sudden, mm. you know, the ref's just like throwing the flag. It's like it was during the periods where they were moving the ball. It wasn't scripted or anything like that. So that it, it impacted how the how that particular period went. And so these are yeah, these I are know. all things that are going to add up. I remember Jake Browning because he was wearing the, jer- the yellow jersey and couldn't be hit. And, man, did he used to talk mess to those guys all the time. So oh, sure. I don't think Dylan Morris is doing that to those guys. But Jake used to talk a lot of mess. But, you know, on a day, um, you know, where I think the pass rush was there, I thought the defense overall um, was really good. Um, I really like the defensive backs. And, just a couple of things. I, I just think that Trent McDuffie's locking down a whole side of the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, we never see passes thrown his way. But, boy, I'll tell you, those two young corners that they brought in, James Smith and Elijah Jackson, those are a couple of impressive corners. Yeah. they. Well, James Smith had a couple really nice – this is one of the better practices I've seen from him. Now, granted, I didn't get to see him practice last year, and I've only seen five of the seven practices that have gone on. But, um, man, this is the best I've seen him look. And he hasn't looked bad in the other ones, but this one, he, he was on his coverage. He was right there. He didn't get fooled by double moves. He, he just it – was, it was really impressive to watch him get out there and play and look so much like uh, Keith, Price, or Keith Taylor out there with uh, the way he walks around, wearing number 27. He's long. 
It's got all those things. And Elijah Jackson is the same body type on the other side. Well, it's just weird because the corners would not be featured in a day like today where it's red zone heavy. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and you're dealing with that side of the field. Um, yeah, I didn't notice Trent McDuffie at all today. I'll be fully, <laughs> I'll be full, I'll fully admit it. But the fact is, I very, I very barely even saw Kyler Gordon except for the special teams. Uh, situations, and then also a couple times where they may have thrown into the end zone and he had coverage. Bottom line is, yeah, I mean, these are days where the cornerbacks are n- not going to be featured like maybe the safeties are, for instance, or the nickels. Like for me, uh, Cam Fabiculan, and I mean, had a phenomenal Good day. Practice. I think his, I think the battle between him and Bookie Radley Hiles at that nickel spot is going to be intense. It's going to go all the way through fall. Uh, both those guys are going to play a lot. I don't know who gets to start. I don't even know if it's going to matter at that point because both those guys I think are going to play a lot. I think the lights come on for, uh, I guess we can call them Cam, Cam Fab. And um, his length and, and his smarts, it's clear. I mean, he, sh- he you know, when they, people need to understand when they're running that nickel scheme, that, that nickel back is the quarterback of that secondary. And so they need to have a guy that understands all the calls and whatnot. And I think that's why Bookie Radley Hiles has kind of grown naturally to it because he's an experienced guy, three-year player at Oklahoma. He understands the basics of what they're trying to do. Um, but Cam Fab, he's coming up strong. And you're talking about the difference between a five-A guy and a guy who's six-one, six-two. Um, they can do a lot of different things based on the body types that they want to use, the situations. Um, the versatility is really starting to show through, I think. Asa Turner had a lot of reps out there today. Julius Irvin did some nice things as well. Yeah, I think you look at Julius Irvin, you look at Cameron Williams, you look at um, Dominique Hampton, you look at Asa Turner. I think those four guys right now, you plug and play. You mix and match with those four guys. I think they're doing a really, really good job. Now, Alex Cook is another guy we didn't really see today. Um, um, so Jacoby Covington had that, that knock away on that yep. third down play. That yep. would have been a first down. And again, yeah, the young boys. like You, t- you talked about James, <coughs> about James Smith. You talked about Elijah Jackson. Uh, Mikel Esteen and Jacob, Jacoby Covington are getting their turns as well. I'd say Covington's probably a little ahead of Esteen at this point. They're obviously doing a little different things. Um, but, yeah, Covington was a guy that showed out today. But I would really say those first four are really the guys and, and really anchored by Dominic Hampton now. And his move to safety, I think, has really kind of underscored how dominant he can be at that position given his size, given his range, and, uh, and also his speed. I don't think he's lost a lick of speed at 220 pounds. Yeah, newcomers coming in. You know, we mentioned James Smith and Elijah Jackson, who to me are really standing out. Uh, who else is jumping out at you that, uh, you know, the new guys coming in? Are we talking about guys who just showed up? Well, yeah. You know, okay. the, I'm trying to remember the defensive Cause, lineman. Because they were here last year. But the, um, the defensive lineman, oh, Void Tanufi, I thought had a great day, great day today. He and uh, Cooper McDonald. Uh, combined for to stop uh, was it Richard Newton on that on that edge play for a loss um, gets in there quickly. He looks small though. He's got room to grow. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he looks like. Um, as far as you know, Sam has you know kind of shown out a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Quentin Moore showed up a little bit today. I thought he looked pretty good today. Um, cut the touchdown pass. Cut the touch. To, that we did. Well, he, t- he got a tip. <laughs> yeah, he, he got that, a tip right, yeah. that was supposed to be the, for I think Camden for straight. straight. Yeah. yeah, and it tipped. Yeah, and I don't Sam remember who tipped it. But three, three yeah. triple coverage. Yeah, he tried to but, feed it um, in. And then one more guy I'd like to mention is I, I thought Jeremiah Martin has 
really stepped up his game. Bookie Radley looks like to me just he's got it. Whatever it is, he's got it. He's just always around the ball, flies around. Uh, Sawyer Racanelli makes a nice catch over the middle, and Bookie comes up and pops him from the free safety spot. You know who so. Bookie reminds me a little bit of? You're going to laugh. Oh. Nigel Burton. Maybe a little bit. He's smaller than him. But <laughs> yeah. like, to, to me, he's like a Miles Bryant clone yeah. in a lot of ways. He's but thicker than Miles. He yeah, might be thicker, bit. but he, same body style, same, same game. Yeah. Same confidence level. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, boy, uh, Tanufi. Tanufi. Yeah, you, know, you know he's you know being a young guy playing defensive line. I yeah. thought you know you're right. He did flash a little bit. Yeah, definitely today. Yeah, yeah. There I was haven't, a- the problem with quote Pihapa, who's been here since uh, January. He's a big kid, and, and you can tell he's got some burst, but the role he's playing in the defense just isn't going to garner a lot of attention. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, and I would say um, for me, one guy on offense, I thought Sawyer Racanelli showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, he had one play. I think it was a boy. It was a third and sixteen or yeah. something like that with uh, O'Brien running the offense, and he came up with a, a grab across the middle for like twenty-five. Um, it was a really pretty play. Just and, real quick, you, you know, you mentioned Sawyer Racanelli. I don't think you've said this on you know the podcast, but who did you say he reminds you of? I thought I had. Um, he reminds me a little bit of Todd Elstrom. Just in terms of his, he he's got an an un, kind of an uncanny knack of being able to find open spaces, and he can use his size in in a way that I thought Elstrom usually was able to use his size because you know there's another guy six two two hundred pounds, um, just maybe sneaky athleticism as well probably doesn't get as much credit for how athletic he is. Um, talked to Astorel Bonham about him. Um, Today and he thinks he thinks that Sawyer might be their best pass catcher right now, which I thought was pretty high praise because I would have thought Terrell Bonham might be the best <laughs> pass catcher. But uh, so I thought Sawyer really showed out today. And again, uh, you know, uh, Cameron uh, Fabikilanen, I thought has really started to show up big. Um, and as far as that that group of inside linebackers, I was really hoping to see Mickey Ayu today. I was really I was kind of disappointed with that. But MJ Tafisi is, is just kind of a, a guy that I think people have come to expect that he's going to be around and doing things. But I think he's, he's back. To me, seeing what I saw today, I mean, he got in during the red zone lockout phase, got a sack, touch sack, um, was really active. You know, you look at, at Eddie Lafoscio and Jackson Sermon as that one group. Him and Alfonso Tupatala, I think, have been pretty solid at that number two group. And, um, yeah, there's a drop-off. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I think that um, Sermon has is, is really solidified that spot next to Eddie. Um, but MJ Tafisi is going to get a lot of reps this fall. The guy that was um, moving really, really well, you know, he, not so much in uh, the live, but in, um, in the warm-ups, uh, uh, Calvert seems to uh, yeah. be fully recovered. Yeah, no, Calvert has done some things. Daniel Himuli. Um, was in coverage on some things that I saw during the 11-on-11s. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's tough. You gotta, you've got to differentiate between what we saw in their kind of their rap tempos or their 11-on-11 situations where Jimmy was kind of mixing in some live plays where you just didn't know if something was going to go live or not, and then that final red, uh, red zone um, period, which I thought obviously the defense completely dominated. Well, the other thing is we don't know is what they're trying to accomplish because they will run things that give the advantage to one side or another 
or one position or, uh, or another, or put guys in different situations, stress situations and things like that. We just don't know what they're doing. Well, that stuff. Yeah. you're right about that. And, but let's be clear. We're talking about the scripted sessions. Yeah. The scripted sessions are the ones where the offense should have an upper hand in the red zone because they're the ones that should be scoring the majority of the time. Um, but it's that red zone lockout, that final team period. And again, we're talking about, I, I tallied it up. We talked about 14 total plays even if you include the kicks. And in those 14 plays, I think the offense may have had one or two successful plays. Uh, I think the defense was overwhelmingly like on top of that. Well, and it, if pe- people want to know, you know why, did, why aren't we talking about Jalen McMillan, he was only targeted one time, yeah. and that was on a scramble by O'Brien, yeah. and he overthrows. The guy's open yeah. on the sideline. O'Brien overthrows him, and – O'Brien was kicking himself, by the way, after that one because that could have been a nice little gain and gave him some momentum. But unfortunately, he had to settle for a field goal attempt, and it was hooked to the left. So, Final thoughts, wrap it up. Recruiting, what you got coming up, okay. Scott? Well, something that should excite a lot of Husky fans is JT Tuimalau. He is in Oregon today. So <laughs> that'll, that'll excite a lot of people. He's down at their scrimmage. Uh, but he was up here last weekend for Washington's. Uh, practice, but no. Um, on the recruiting front, not a ton going on. There were recruits in, on campus today. Um, we saw a handful of them. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, Schlenbacher, Jovinsky Schlenbacher, was here uh, today with his family. You know, the drive down. Um, there should be a few others that uh, you know we'll get a hold of them, see how they enjoyed practice and things like that. As far as practice, thought it went really well. Uh, liked having the fans there. It was kind of fun. It was really cool when they brought everybody together to do the stretching, and the fans were just like, yes, we get to see football. You know, they were pretty excited about that. So um, good atmosphere, good day today. Thought they missed an opportunity to uh, make some money because they didn't have any concession stands food, open. Guys. No, seriously, I wasn't <laughs> even – I brought my own food, but people were asking, is there any concession stands open? And I'm like, I guess not. You know, so, uh, but no, good good day. Uh, if you get a chance to come out, come out because you'll you'll have a good time. Final thoughts, Chris Fetters. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious if fans that came felt like it was an oversell and an under deliver by Jimmy Lake because it took him an hour and 45 minutes before they went fully live. Um, you know, he told us it was going to be a live scrimmage, and so we're thinking, okay, it's going to be a live scrimmage. They're going to come out, they're going to warm up, and they're going to treat it almost like a game. And, you know, maybe that's just foolish thinking on, on my part. But uh, I thought overall they got a ton of good work done. I think the red zone emphasis is something that I, fan, I think fans will really appreciate because that's something where the offense has struggled from time to time. And I think there were some guys that definitely showed up and did some nice things. But, again, you're seeing how in spring football the defense almost always is ahead of the offense. And we saw that in spades today, and we saw some guys jump in, like Cameron Fabiculon and or the, the off, uh, outside linebackers, like a Cooper McDonald or a Jeremiah Martin or a Braylon Trice. We saw those guys step up without a ZTF or a Ryan Bowman around. So, again, the, the three quarterbacks are getting a ton of reps. They're, they're doing their thing. They're going to keep improving. But when it comes to a, a young guy like Sam Heward, there may be still some steps back before he – really starts to progress and that light goes on and everything really starts to click for him. So you got to be patient with him. Spring football in shorts is always a good thing. So uh, a beautiful day and uh, supposed to uh, continue here for the next few days. So looking forward to that. Uh, just on a basketball note, yesterday, University of Washington got a commitment from uh, 6'7 wing. His name is Tyler Linhart from Kings High School. Same 
Same school as Corey Kispert, the All-American out of Gonzaga. Really intriguing prospect. He was uh, hurt a little bit earlier this year, but uh, six seven wing who can not only shoot the ball, but he can score and doesn't mind getting his face in there and his nose bloodied. So uh, I think it's a good pickup for Mike Hopkins. Uh, stay tuned. We've still got some basketball news that we're kind of waiting on breaking that we're just kind of sitting on for a little bit. So always seems to be something going on that we seem to be sitting on. So stay tuned on the basketball front. So uh, just again, just a reminder for those of you who are looking for those daily updates as well as breaking news alerts. Just shoot us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. We will get you hooked up. And for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eklund. Go dogs. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.